You're listening to another great message from Northside Community Church. Guys, we're all familiar with the term the emotional roller coaster. And life is made up often of emotional roller coasters. And there are some occupations represented in this church this morning that are very much prone to, to emotional roller coasters. If you're a doctor, you know what I mean. Uh, certainly in the ministry, we, uh, this is part of our work. I can recall over the years going to hospitals and sitting with the family members and friends of a loved one who's dying and ministering in that setting. And then before I leave that hospital, going a couple of floors down or maybe a couple of floors up or to an adjacent building to celebrate with a, a couple who have just been blessed with a, a new baby. And each situation requires a different emotional response. And, and you've just got to operate at a different level in each setting. Probably the m- biggest emotional roller coaster I ever rode in one day of ministry was many years ago in Adelaide when I conducted the funeral service for a 36-year-old cancer victim. Uh, Tim was his name. Not only was he a member of my church, he had become a very, he and his wife had become very, very close friends. And that's a really difficult assignment when you conduct a service for a, a close friend. But on the same day, I actually had to excuse myself from the, the wake, from the refreshments afterwards, to make the 10 minute drive back to my church to conduct the wedding of another close friend and member of the church. And like, you just can't roll up and say, look, uh, sorry, everybody, dearly beloved, we've, uh, I've just been to a funeral. Um, you don't mind if we just keep this fairly low key, do you? I'm kind of struggling a little. I mean, hello, you'd be run out of town. Not, not possible, can't do that. Mind you, I will admit, I was pretty emotionally wrung out by the end of that particular Saturday. So look, here's the thing. I wonder how someone like Mary Magdalene, I wonder how she handled the emotional roller coaster over three days on that first Easter 2,000 years ago. I mean, she experienced three totally different days. Each day involving a distinctly different emotional response. Each day evoking a distinctly different emotional impact on her heart and soul. Each day raising unique questions requiring answers. Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Oh, they were, they were challenging days for Mary Magdalene, the close friend, follower of Jesus. Her emotions would have been in a tailspin for those three days. as she came to grips with Jesus' violent arrest. With his hastily convened mock trial, she would have seen the jeering crowds, crucify, crucify. She would have seen the aftermath of his cruel beating at the hands of the soldiers. And then the horrific crucifixion itself. And then the Saturday, as the friends and the family and the loved ones kind of gather together and try to console each other and Mary herself being consoled. And then the unbelievably miraculous events of Easter Sunday. Jesus was alive. He appeared to her. He spoke to her. I mean, how do you possibly manage that sort of emotional roller coaster over just a few days? Well, I've been thinking about this this week. And uh, I think God has given me an insight. You see, friends, I believe the three crucial days of Easter are representative of the days we all experience over and over again 
during the course of our lives. You think about it. Each one is different. Each one has a key question associated with it. And here's the thing. When you get the answer to the questions associated with each of these days, you discover what life is all about. Have I got your attention? If you can get the answer to the three questions that come arising out of these days, you get the secret to what life is all about. Not only life in this world, but life eternal. Let me take you through the the days one by one. You've got Friday. Friday is representative of those days when suffering and despair just overwhelm us. That's how it was for Mary. My guess, worst day of her life. That's my estimation. She wouldn't have stood at the base of a Roman cross before, I wouldn't imagine. And on this day, she was doing that, not only seeing someone die, seeing her best friend die, not only that, seeing the person whom she believed was the Messiah, the promised one, seeing him die. How could could it get any worse than that? I mean, how many Friday experiences have you had? In your life. Are you thinking of some right now? We've all had them. If you've journeyed a little bit in life. Those Friday experiences. This is the day when your marriage breaks down. And your spouse says. It's over. This is the day when the doctor says. It's it's not good. This is the day when. A loved one dies. This is the day when. The retrenchment notice is received. This is the day when the person you thought would never let you down, lets you down. This is a really bad day. And there are an endless number of scenarios that qualify as a Friday experience. And essentially they arouse this question. Here's the question. Where do I turn when everything gives way and threatens to crush me? Where do I turn? When everything gives way, threatens to crush me. These Friday experiences of life are when people cry out in desperation, looking for hope, looking for something to to grasp onto, something with a bit of stability in the midst of all their pain. But dealing with Friday is one thing. Friday is followed by Saturday. And Saturday, well, Saturday is representative of those days when doubts and fears weigh heavily. You see, the acute, debilitating pain and anguish of Friday has gone. We're in a different phase now, a different day. We find ourselves now living in some kind of emotional fog as we struggle to cope with our new reality, which may mean that now we're alone. It may mean we have no job or we're in a job that's not really satisfying, a new job, and it's just not really cutting it for us. We may be coming to grips with a health condition based on what the doctors said that will now be our lot for the future. Maybe it's family issues that have arisen out of that Friday terrible experience and they're ongoing and we've got to manage those personal issues. It's a season of life or a day of life where like, very few things, if any, have any kind of stability. It's all in a state of flux, all very fluid. And the question we find ourselves asking is, how do I cope with all this uncertainty? How do I cope with all this uncertainty? 
Friends, I believe it's fair to say that doubts, fear, uncertainty, they would have been among the key emotions for Mary Magdalene on that first Easter Saturday, not to mention some very pronounced grief and sorrow and sadness. We get a clue as we examine the incident involving those guys on the Emmaus Road. You know, Luke 24, it's all there. Uh, Okay, it's on the Sunday, but we get a a glimpse of what it was like for them on the Saturday. They're just walking along, trudging along, kicking a can in the dust. Uh, They are down. They they are gone. They're they're depressed. They're dejected. They're full of despair. They don't even recognise a stranger who turns out to be Jesus when he comes alongside, starts chatting. Boys, what's happening? What's going on? And they go, what? Are Are you for real, mate? You know? You're crazy? You don't know what's been going on? They don't even recognise that it could be the one who said, I'll be back. Don't worry. They were gone. They were in deep. That's, if that's how it was on Sunday, you can imagine what the, how the followers were reacting on Saturday. But then, of course, there's Sunday. And Sunday is representative of those days when hope breaks through and, and faith and confidence are restored Oh, these days which, which seem to come all too infrequently, but when they do, oh man, isn't it like life is so sweet. When these days come, life is really sweet. I mean, the loan application is approved. Yes. The tests come back clear. Yes. The promotion is confirmed. Yes. A broken relationship is restored. It's graduation day. The doctor says, finally, after years on IVF, kids, you're going to have a baby. You know, that's Sunday. It's really a case of like you fill in the gaps. You fill in the gaps right now in terms of whatever it is that constitutes a wonderful breakthrough or has constituted a wonderful breakthrough for you, a day that evokes feelings of tremendous inner harmony and well-being where you're feeling God's strength, you can conquer the world. It's fantastic. That's Sunday. Well, for Mary Magdalene, that was the day when she spoke with a man whom she thought was a gardener in the cemetery where she thought her best friend was buried. And it turned out this guy whom she thought was the gardener of the cemetery where her best friend was buried, turned out to be her best friend. He'd come back to life. He was alive. He'd risen. And friends, the question that comes to us in the Sunday experiences of life is this one. How can I experience the joy and the life of this day always? I'm here. This is the moment. How how can I keep this up? This is fantastic. I want to keep living like this. This is natural. How can I so live that despite the problems and the dramas and the cares and the worries of everyday life, I feel happy and content? Instead of always asking, where do I turn when everything threatens to crush me on those Fridays? Instead of asking, how do I cope with all this uncertainty on those Saturdays? Now the question is, how do I... How do I break through into that level of of poise and faith and confidence and and certainty that increasingly becomes an integral part of who I am? Becomes me. Kind of like a living a Sunday experience all the time. How does that happen? Well, guys, as a, a minister of the gospel, on this Easter Sunday 2014, I have the great privilege, the awesome privilege of giving you four words, four simple words. Here they are. The answer is Easter. That's it. 
It's another way of saying the answer is Jesus. Friends, the reality of what we're celebrating here on Easter Sunday is what enables you and me to effectively manage those dark Fridays and Saturdays that are never going to hit us. But just because we're followers of Jesus, we're not exempt any more than Jesus was exempt from his Friday and his Saturday. Like him, we have those days. But they don't overwhelm us. They don't crush us. We do rise above them in his mighty resurrection power. Now, as we draw this message to a close, I want to bring your attention to a question. We've been talking about questions this morning. There's a question we haven't looked at yet. It's in the Bible. It's in verse 15 of the reading Anne brought to us. It's a significant question because it's asked on two occasions. First of all, the two angels ask of Mary, why are you crying? And then the gardener, Jesus, asks Mary in verse 15, why are you crying? Now, friends, can I put it to you? That is a ridiculous question to ask in a cemetery. That is a crazy question to ask. Can you imagine going along to one of the Macquarie Park chapels during this week and sidling up to a total stranger who's going into one of the chapels and saying, excuse me, why are you crying? Like, it would be outrageous. It would be the height of insensitivity. They'd probably call security, and, and rightly so. I mean, your mental condition would be in some doubt. Why are you crying? Jesus was a smart person and there's clearly he, he, he wouldn't be that insensitive there's clearly a deeper message here which we need to have a look at he's not asking why did you cry ever because I mean he knew as we do he knew sadness pain disappointment he knew they're the realities of life he knew that crying is part of life I mean Jesus wept shortest verse in the Bible when he was told of the death of his friend Lazarus his humanity responded, but Jesus wept. He cried. So it's, he's not asking, what, why do you ever cry? He, he knew about that. It's more a case of, why are you crying? Is it because you are yet to embrace the truth and the power of my resurrection? Is it out of a sense of hopelessness and futility? Because if that's what you're crying for, no need to. You don't have to keep crying, Mary, because I'm alive. Everything's changed now. My, rex, my resurrection has changed everything. Now, it begs the obvious question, friends. Well, how? I mean, you know, we get all excited about resurrection. What are we talking? How does it do it? How does resurrection power make a difference? Well, here's the short answer. Because of Christ's resurrection, people buried, people entombed under the weight of every conceivable problem and affliction you can name can rise again and move forward in faith. And confidence and strength. That's it in a nutshell. And we don't, we don't need to look any further than this congregation on Easter Sunday to get examples of exactly what I'm talking about. You see, we have people here who could have been buried under the weight of depression and despair over a severe health problem or health condition. But today they're moving forward with confidence and resolve. In some cases, they've experienced some healing. And it's all because of their faith and their trust in the resurrected Jesus. We've got them right here. We've got people here who could have been buried under the weight of conflict and estrangement in their marriage. But they found something to hold them together. And they're moving forward now in 
resolve and with a, a stronger sense of commitment because of their faith in the risen Christ. We've got people here who could have been buried under the weight of guilt and regret, but they're moving forward now with forgiveness and a sense of renewal because of their belief in the resurrected Christ. We've got people here who could have been buried under the weight of financial and material loss and ruin. But they're moving forward with a new appreciation of their new circumstances and their rebuilding. And they're looking to the future with optimism because of their faith in the resurrected Jesus. And of course, we here in this congregation, we have people, many of you, so many of you, who could have been buried under the weight of grief and loss with the passing of loved ones. But you're moving forward with a sense of purpose. The sense of meaning, despite the pain of living without your loved one. All of this because of the reality of the resurrection. Why are you crying? Why are you crying when the hope of this day enables you to gain perspective, summon courage, renew strength, deepen your faith, enrich your experience of God? Why are you crying? Hear these words from Psalm 116, verses 7 to 10. This is pre-resurrection. How's this for Holy Spirit inspiration with an Old Testament writer? Look at this. He says, be confident, my heart, because the Lord has been good to me. The Lord saved me from death. He stopped my tears and kept me from defeat. And so I walk in the presence of the Lord in the world of the living. I kept on believing. Even when I said, I'm completely crushed. I kept on believing. Even when I said, I'm completely crushed. Now in the land of the living. You may be locked in a Friday or a Saturday in life right now, friends. I don't know where you are. I know where some of you are. You could be thinking, yeah, that Friday, that, that's me. That's, that's where, uh, Saturday, that's, that's me. I'm, it's fog. It's just... God's word today to you and to me is, look around you. Hello, it's Sunday. It's Sunday. The answer to all your fears, all your anxieties, all your concerns is Easter. The answer is Easter. Hope is a person and his name is Jesus. Friday, Saturday, we all have them. But guys, look around you. Today is Sunday. He's risen. That's the day I want to live in all the time. I bet you. Let's bow in prayer, shall we?